Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And that's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Welcome, Talking in Circles, Clayton Coldwell and John Harlow. We're discussing all the NASCAR news this week. William Byron, he's in the number five car for Hendrick Motorsports in 2018. A multi-year deal puts the 19-year-old at Hendrick Motorsports for, 27, for 2018. It was announced this afternoon. Also, that means Casey Kane's out of a ride. What are his plans? A little interesting side note. Twitter announcement tomorrow for GMS Racing at 10 a.m., could it be Casey Kane going there? We'll talk about that. Kevin Harvick <clears throat> made headlines with Dale Earnhardt, comments about Dale Earnhardt Jr. And, of course, composite bodies coming to the Xfinity Series for three races in 2017 and full-time by 2019. <clears throat> Watkins Glenn wants an earlier start time. We'll discuss that. And, of course, your phone calls, 917-889-8280. John First, William Byron, 19 years old, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Rick Hendricks said, we want to keep him in the Xfinity Series for a couple more years. Well, today it's announced he will not return to the Xfinity Series. Instead, he goes cup racing in the number five car for Hendrick Motorsports, replacing Casey Kane, which was announced Monday that Kane would not return to that car. Um, it just shows you here, this something I talked, I did on, on Facebook Live about, something interesting about Hendrick Motorsports. In 2015, they had four drivers over the age of four. They had three drivers over the age of 40, and Casey Kane, who was 35 years old. By the time we get to the 2018 season, Hendrick Motorsports will have three drivers under the age of 25. A youth movement here, John. William Byron going to the five. What are your thoughts? Well, and the funny part is, you think about it. Add Jimmy Johnson to it. He's the one that brings it up. The average age of Hendrick Motorsports uh, for 2018 is going to be 27 years old. Um, I think uh, what Mr. Hendrick did whenever he announced that um, Alex Bowman was going into Junior's car and that William Byron was going to do another year, the Xfinity team, was sort of a smokescreen. I think part of it was since he has Exalta um, helping sponsor Alex Bowman in the 88 in 2018, I think he still needed to talk to Exalta a little more because we, we all knew that they were a big fan of William Byron and making sure Liberty University wanted to make the uh, extra commitment to come up to cup from Xfinity, where the cost is much, much more. So I think they still had some negotiating to do. I knew they ha- they knew they had them set up for the Xfinity ride, but if they could get more money out of both of them to go cup racing, they were going to go cup race with William Byron. And remember they did the announcement with Case Kane. Um that's sort of the smokescreen where you kept thinking, it's like, well, maybe Matt Kenseth on a one-year deal and then Byron the next year. But then it turns out Exalta steps up and they're going to sponsor both Bowman and William Byron in the Cup Series next year. And Liberty University's coming up. I mean, as Dale Jr. said, the economics of the sport, these young guys are going to take a heck of a lot less because they want to get in good equipment at a young age than the guys who have run for championships and have been running for years. I mean, let's look at the difference. What's the amount of salary between Dale Jr. and Alex Bowman? I think they can get by with a lot less sponsorship money to run that 88 car with Alex Bowman in there instead of Dale Jr. 
Same with the difference in salaries between Casey Kane and William Byron. Yeah, and it's not like Rick Hendrick's going broke. I want to make that clear. I think a lot of people might think about it and go, well, why would Rick Hendrick care about money? He's got more money in the world than anybody in the world. And, he, and listen, the guy's got a, he's got a very, very successful team. He's won 12 championships. He does have the money. But what it comes down to it is what you invest into your race team. I think when you think about Hendrick Motorsports the last couple of years, they've struggled with speed for a good part of the last couple of years. Jimmy Johnson found it at the end of last year and won the championship. But listen, I think this team struggled for the last couple of years. Now they're behind Toyota here. Um, I think they need to, to figure out what they need to do here and maybe invest a little bit more money into the R&D center and maybe invest a little bit more money into, you know, engineering and stuff like that. Get to where Toyota is, and this helps them do that. Uh, you know, William Byron's a great driver. I think his wins in the Xfinity Series, the way he's been running in the last two months, has really helped him, uh, helped his stand to get that ride. I think, you know, in – May, if you told Rick Hendrick in May he was going to make this move, I think Rick would have said, no, 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 William's a good driver, but we want to keep him in Xfinity. Um, but, you know, with these wins and how he's run and outrunning cup guys in the Xfinity series, I think that's what got him to this number five car. No doubt, Exalta and Liberty University stepping up. I think they realize it's not going to be as big as a commitment as they originally thought it was going to be to go to the cup series. Um, and William Byron's ready. Listen, this kid's a sponge. I don't care what anybody says. He had seven wins in the truck series last year. He's got four this year in Xfinity. Uh, the kid is great. He's a great driver. I think he's the odds-on favorite for the championship in the Xfinity series. Um, you know, he's ready to go. And what are his expectations, do you think, here, John? Do you think do you expect his number five car to come out and make this chase here in 2018? Uh, what are your expectations for him? Um, I think it's the wait and see. Um I don't expect him to do as well as Chase Elliott did that first year because he only has one one year of driving Xfinity cars. I think there's still some development that needs to be done. Uh, when you talked about the R&D and everything and Rick Hendrick having more money than, uh, <clears throat> than Christ, um, Ray Everham was on with Dave Moody last night, and they were talking about the way Rick Hendrick runs his organization. Kendrick puts every team on a budget and it's partially sponsorship, partially wins, partially overall overhead, but each team has a budget and they have X amount of money to spend. Rick Hendrick did not billionaire by just throwing good money after bad. He doesn't um, do anything with, (coughs) excuse me, without a return on investment. And I think part of it, if you, we've, before sponsored Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the Cup Series cost more than $30 million. Nobody's paying $30 million bucks to sponsor William Byron and Alex Bowman. So they're going to have to cut costs somewhere. They're doing the driver salaries for sure, but it's just a matter of, I mean, how much is Rick going to put in of his own money and how much is Chevrolet putting in and how much are they able to do what they're doing with a much smaller commitment from nationwide Exalta and Liberty University compared to Farmers Insurance, Great Clips, and um, nationwide for Dale Jr. Yeah, and listen, you know, Rick's not the only owner to do this. Um, You know, a lot of people, you know, part of the reason why Eric Jones is out of that 20 car 
is because of Matt Kenseth's salary. Uh, Kurt Busch, his option wasn't picked up for 2018 from Stuart Haas Racing. Now they can renegotiate, and he'll probably be back there. But I think that was a money ordeal, too, where Stuart Haas Racing knows they kind of hold the leverage. They know driver salaries are going down, as Dale Earnhardt Jr. pointed out this week. And they said, listen, we want to, um, you know, get you at a lower price. Uh, so they're not the only teams to do that. I think Brad Keselowski, even when he was at Team Penske, Roger Penske's got more money than, than I think even Rick Hendrick. Um, and it took a while for that number two team, that number two contract to come together. You know, July, mid-July to late July for Brad Keselowski to sign at Team Penske. He admitted, listen, there was no place I wanted to be. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, but I think the finances behind that was a little bit not where Brad wanted it, and he had to kind of fight a little bit for it. Um, and that's why it took so long. You know, when you're starting to see these contracts here now, we're not sure what's going on with the 10 car. We're not sure what's going on um, with a lot of other teams, which leads me to my next topic here, John, Casey Kane. Here's a guy who has really, really struggled at Hendrick Motorsports. There's no doubt about it. Um, when he first got there, he was very good, but since then, he struggled. And my thing is with him is I think in the right opportunity, Casey Kane can win again. I've said that numerous times. I don't think Casey Kane just forgot overnight how to drive a race car. I think he's a good race car driver. What are his options for next year? Right now, it doesn't look like a whole lot. I mentioned GMS, GMS Racing. They're making an announcement at 10 a.m. tomorrow on their Twitter page. Does that mean Casey Kane will go there? There's rumors they're going to the Cup Series with Spencer Gallagher and a second car. Who the second car, what may be. It's been rumored to be Casey Kane. Uh, do you think that's his best option right now, John? Um, it depends. I mean, it depends on what Gene Haas and Tony Stewart want to do with that 10 car. Um, I think having Rick Kendrick, if, it, if GMS does go forward and come to the Cup Series, they'll have an engine deal and a technical alliance with Hendrick Motorsports. And that will be the way they're doing it. But if you look at um, the other options that are out there, I think if GMS comes to Cup and the Gallagher's aren't poor, I mean, he's... Right, and that's the question. I think a lot of people are looking at it saying, um, you know, hey, this is going to be a, uh interesting deal because it could be a Hendrick Motorsports deal. Rick has said, you know, I'm going to try hard to find um, a deal with Hendrick Motorsports, uh, a deal with him for Casey Kane for 2018. So let's be GMS racing. Um, you know, I think that remains to be seen. So um, I think it's very possible. I don't know what other alliance he has. Could it be Chip Ganassi racing? Very well. Could be. Uh, GMS Racing, I think. I don't think it's going to be Chip Ganassi. McMurray's probably locked up there. He's not moving Larson out. Um, 917-889-8280 to join our conversation here on Talking in Circles. We have Jeremy from Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeremy, what do you want to talk about? Jeremy, coming on to talk about Casey Kane. What about him? Yeah, hey there, guys. Uh, no, I just want to touch on a Casey Kane basis that you guys are speaking of. You know, to me, it, it's it's not that big of a shock that Casey's gone. I know he won the race, and you know NASCAR and, and people tried to kind of make it seem like he, you know, that might have been a saving grace for him in another year. But personally, me, I knew that just because he won brick the Brickyard, it wasn't going to change anything. And you know, I like Casey a lot, but you know, you've got Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon that came from Hendrick, and a person 
said earlier, they were like, well, you know, if he had better, you know, a different team and this and that, things would change. And I understand that, but, you know, I think that Rick Hendrick is a, a pretty smart guy. And if no offense to anybody, but if you can get Junior to win in cars, you should be able to get Casey Kane to win in cars with what you have. And, uh, you know, I think that Hendrick's hands were kind of tied almost because you've got William Byron. And, you know, I know in football sometimes you get to college, you know, quarterbacks who don't quite make an NFL and this and that, and they're, they're hot shots in college, but they get to the, the pros and they're not that good. But, you know, I think you couldn't pass up on William Byron. And I think to some extent the reason of Casey Kane's departure is because of that. But, you know, I go back to NASCAR race up and stuff. I listened to Larry McReynolds and stuff, and, and they called it really early in the season. If you listen to some of those shows, they said, you know, they thought Casey Kane would be gone if he didn't start really stepping it up. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my point there that I have to make with that. Yeah, li- no, listen, I think um, when you think about Casey Kane, I don't think it was a surprise to anybody that Casey was out of the five. Um, it's just a matter of who 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 was going to be in that ride. I think a lot of people expected, myself maybe included, Matt Kenseth was going to go there for a year, be sort of a placeholder yeah, for William right. Byron. Uh, because Rick has always kind of gone by the notion of running two years in Xfinity. Chase Elliott won a championship in the Xfinity Series and ran another yeah. year after he won the championship be- because he wasn't ready for Cup. Now, I think Casey's contract was contracted through 2018. There's no doubt about that. So I think the, the idea when he brought Byron in was to eventually drive this five car. Um in 2018, but not in 2017. But as the finances have happened, we saw great clips back out. We saw Farmers Insurance back yeah. out of that five car. Yeah. Uh, as the finances, as those happened, it looked more and more gloom and doom for Casey Kane in that five car. Um, the win at, I think the win at Indianapolis could do a lot for him as far as down the road. You know, this season isn't over for him. He's got to prove himself. To, you know, hey, I could still run for a championship on a good team. He can probably do that this year in the chase. I don't know if Hendrick Motorsports right now, where they're situated, has the speed to do that. Um, but we'll see. You know, and I think, John, when you right. think about it, it's a it's an interesting topic because, um, you know, I don't think anybody was really surprised Casey Kane was out. It's just the fact that Byron's um, in the number five card. You know, let's look, let's look at Casey Kane's history. When he was with Evernham, he was the top guy. And then in the gap in between, he ran at Red Bull, and he was the top guy there. And then he comes to Hendrick, and you think about it, he's fourth on the pecking order when he first gets there. You know, Johnson's one, Gordon's one A. Junior has more money coming in than anybody. So Kane is almost like the, I get the rest of whatever's left over. Um, when it, but whenever he was in the top car, he ran great at Everham. He won a lot of races for Ray Everham whenever they were in Dodge. He actually won a race for Red Bull when the team was going away. So Casey Kane hasn't forgot how to drive. And if you look at the way he ran turn one and turn two in Indianapolis on that last lap, that was hanging your balls out the window because that was a hell of a run making sure that Keselowski didn't get to him. He wanted to make sure that he won that race. And for him, if he goes to GMS, having a fully supported Hendrick Motorsports car, 
And if whenever we were talking about the money coming into Hendrick, that they're not going to get as much from sponsorship with Dale Jr. walking away. They also weren't getting four cars worth of chassis and four cars worth of engines when Stuart Haas went away. So the money at Hendrick Motorsports hasn't been as good this year as it was last year. If they can get Gallagher to do two teams at GMS and go cup racing, that's two engines, two chassis that they're built. I mean, two sets of engines, two sets of chassis that they're buying for each each week. So it'll be more money coming into Hendrick Motorsports and Casey Kane will be running stuff he's familiar with. You never know. He may bring Keith Rodden with him as the crew chief. So, I mean, it, I think it's a good, good move for Casey Kane. He's not venturing far from the family, but he's not having, I mean, it's not like you're looking at your teammate across the street and seeing Jimmy Johnson win the championship and you're fighting for 20th place. He can be the best car in his garage. No doubt. I want to thank Jeremy for calling in from North Carolina. Uh, Great call. Um, You know, it, it was an interesting little detail that Rick Hendrick put in there this week today at the press conference about paying partially of Casey Kane's contract. And you have to wonder, you know, we'll probably find out tomorrow about GMS racing. And I think they're going to go Casey Kane. I think that's where he's going to end up. If I had to make a bet, Um, I would be surprised, honestly, if it's anybody else in that car right now, I think Spencer Gallagher, the question is whether or not they're going to be a two car team with Spencer Gallagher. He's really struggled in Xfinity this year. But uh, his dad owns the team, so um, you know if he says if he thinks he's ready for Cup, it's going to happen. Anyway, um, that Rick said he's going to pay part of the contract because that gives GMS Racing a team that's going to have to build new chassis to go to the Cup Series. Uh, you know, a big overhaul, probably more people um, than they have right now, and now they're going to get a, a premier driver with Casey Kane at GMS Racing for a substantially less money to pay him because Rick's going to pay part of it and GMS racing is going to pay the rest or whoever pay who, if that's the way it goes. Um, so, you know, and, and the, it was kind of funny because a lot of people on social media today were saying, well, Rick Hendrick's a good guy for paying Casey Kane his 2018 money. Well, Casey probably could have filed for breach of contract. We saw it with Elliot Sadler at Richard Petty Motorsports a bunch of years ago when Richard Petty Motorsports tried to get him off a little bit earlier on his deal than what he wanted. And he said, I'll sue you guys. And they let him run the last two years of his contract. And Reed Sorensen drove that car for free, drove the 43 car for free for a while. Um, but that was a long time ago. But, you know, let's not make it out like, you know, Rick's doing this because it's out of the kindness of his heart. Contractually, he was uh, locked in to that deal with, with Casey Kane for next season. Let's not forget that. We have Lee in Virginia here, John. Lee, what do you want to talk about tonight? I'll talk about the GMS and the Casey Kane move. Uh, what about Allegedly, it? You know. Well, I, I think it's. I think that's definitely what's going to come down tomorrow at ten o'clock. Is you know, if they're maybe they're just going to announce that they're going cup racing. But Rick wouldn't have said what he said today in the press conference if it wasn't something that was almost done or, or pretty much close to being done. Um, and I think he needed to get rid of Casey's contract, or at least somehow partially part of it in order to make this move with Byron as well. I think, you know, you know, let's just say GMS pays, you know, 25 or 50% of it and, and Rick pays the rest. He's still saving a substantial amount of money there. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if it's going to be a two-car team or if GMS comes as a one-car team. And if they come as a two-car team, uh, do you guys think Matt Kenseth could be an option for that second car? And what a lineup that would be for GMS racing. 
well, I think Kansas is an opportunity for anybody who has an open seat. And if you don't, if you have an open seat and you don't consider Matt Kenseth, you probably shouldn't be owning a race team. Agreed. Unless you are financially bound where you cannot afford Matt Kenseth. And part of it is how, how much does Matt Kenseth want to drive? I mean, he may be one of those ones that says, I'm going to, I value myself at say $7 million a year. I don't care if nobody comes to $7 million a year. Me and Katie and the kids are going to go back to Wisconsin. We're going to watch the Packers every Sunday. That's a, it's a matter of how much Matt Kenseth really wants to drive because I think the way it's been right now, Lee, it's all sponsor dollars. It's all salaries because everybody's getting cut. I mean, part of the reason Casey Kane's going away from Hendrick Motorsports is the difference between his salary and William Byron's. Um, part of the reason Eric Jones is in Matt Kenseth's seat next year, salary. Kurt Busch's contract wasn't renewed because of salary. The money isn't there for sponsorship. The money that was supposed to be coming in from these charters don't doesn't seem to be there. So there is a, um, and we talked about this on Sunday with the show, Lee, there's a big financial change and it's either a right sizing or adjustment that's in the process of being done across NASCAR. I think it'd be a great move if GMS did that. But I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things. Does Marty Gallagher want to bring his boy up? Because if he's going and he wants Spencer in the car, if dad wants the boy in there, the boy's going to be in there. If I'm starting a two-car team and I have my choice between Spencer Gallagher or Matt Kenseth, I go Matt Kenseth six days a week and three times on Sunday. Oh, I, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head there, John, 100%. And, you know, I think when you think about Casey Kane, again, it, it depends what he wants to do. He's 46 years old. How competitive is GMS racing going to be? Sure. They're going to have Hendrick Motorsports engines and chassis most likely if the rumors play out. Um, and you could say, well, that means they're going to be a good team. Not necessarily. You know, uh, H. Scott Motorsports a couple of weeks ago had Hendrick engines. And they moved a whole lot. Ask Clint Boyer how that was. He was miserable there last year. Um, so, you know, that's it, not the end-all, be-all. People win championships. It's going to take a big overhaul. I think for Casey at the age of 38, you look at it and say, well, he's got a couple of years to play with. And that really doesn't. So I think that's a big-time deal um, when you think about GMS racing. Does Matt want to go there and struggle for a couple of years? I think that's what you got to consider here, Lee, when you talk about Matt Kenseth and GMS racing. That's true. And, and, you know, I think, though, he could pay – Maurice Gallagher could pay Matt Kenseth $50 million next year, and he probably would still save money instead of bringing his kid up there, to be honest with you, because I don't know if you guys have seen what Spencer Gallagher's done in Xfinity this year, but it hasn't been good. So I think he'd save a lot of money, Kenseth, over, over Spencer Gallagher. That's my opinion. But if he does want to bring his kid up, I get that. I, you know, I think you've got to be real here and just realize your kid's not ready. Keep him in Xfinity and, and, bring, and get some established drivers here to establish your team. I think it's interesting, though, that you know, eventually down the road here, um, Spence, Maurice Gallagher, I think, is going to need to find some funding because, you know, guys bash their heads in for a while, and then they realize, you know, eventually, you know, uh, Barney Visser didn't want to fund it anymore, you know, himself. And, you know, it's going to happen with some of these owners here. Um, I understand Maurice is worth a lot of money, but even I think we're going to get to a point where Gene Haas isn't going to want to spend all this money funding it himself. Eventually, they're going to want to find some sponsorship here. So, uh, you know, Maurice can do this for a few years, but um, how, how long is he going to be able to hang on and, and do it on his own? We'll see. 
But I think it's great that a new owner is coming in. I think Casey Kane is the perfect guy to bring in to that organization, a guy who needs an upheaval in his career, a guy who needs something fresh and, and great to start with. Um, I think that's the perfect signing. If you're, because, listen, I don't know. Casey Kane's had a great career, and I don't know what the heck has happened at Hendrick Motorsports, but it, it hasn't been good. Yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, and I think, again, I said before, I think it could win elsewhere. You know, I just want to touch on this before I move on to other topics about Hendrick Motorsports. You know, they go from the oldest team in 2015 to one of the youngest teams here. Um, do you see this as a trend, John, for other teams that kind of look at it and say, you know what, now now look at Ford, for example. Ford doesn't have any two young drivers that are ready to go yet. Bubba Wallace, sure, but that's a rash ride. Um, but we're talking about as far as – uh, Stuart Haas Racing and Team Penske. Ryan Blaney's young. Kozlowski's young. So is Joey Logano. But, you know, you see some of these older guys. Harvick's, you know, got more years behind him than, than in front of him. Kurt Busch has more years behind him than in front of him. Eventually, some of these teams are going to have to get rid of their older drivers and bring in young kids. Um, and do you see the, this being more the norm where, holy crow, some of these big-name drivers are out. They're going to go with young kids that are the age of 25, uh, do you think that's the norm here going forward? I think sort of. I can't – I mean, if you look at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, they're the ones that are sort of in the middle. You've got the two young guys in Eric Jones and uh, Daniel Suarez. And Daniel Suarez has impressed me throughout the year. I mean, if we all talked at the beginning of the year, 99% of the reason Daniel Suarez was the guy who was put in that 19 when Carl Edwards went away – was because Carlos Slim and Aris wanted Daniel Suarez in the car. And we said, oh, yeah, it's another ride by, blah, blah, blah. He's been knocking off top ten finishes on a pretty consistent basis and ran a great third at Watkins Glen on Sunday. Ford, they have the Logano. I mean, you look at – they've got a lot of young bucks over there, too. The only old team at Ford is Stuart Haas Racing. Um, You've got Keselowski and Logano and Blaney all under 30. You've got Stenhouse Jr. and Trevor Bain under 30 at Richard Petty Motorsports. And then you've got Harvick, Bush in their 40s, and Boyer almost a 40. And Danica probably going away. I mean, I look at it, if there's a landing spot right now, it's Matt Kenseth keeping a seat, cold, keeping a seat warm at Stuart Haas Racing in that 10 car. That's almost where you almost think he has to land. Oh, I think you're right. I think uh, for Matt, you know, it's funny um, because we had a situation here where we're talking about three older drivers with Kurt Busch, um, Casey Kane, and Matt Kenseth currently without contracts. That might change tomorrow morning. Um, but well, I just see right now I see Kirk going back and I see Casey going to GMS. But where? What about Matt? I think it's ten. The ten car bus right now, John. Absolutely correct. Um, how about you, Lee? Do you think uh, you might see the, the Kenseth go somewhere else besides that 10? Do you see him maybe going to Richard Childress Racing and filling the third car there? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Matt Kenseth, um, his future? Uh, I, don't, I don't see any. I think it's the tenor bust as well. I, I just Listen, I understand he could go to Richard Childress Racing and, and go bash his head in for his last two years of his career, but what the hell would he want to do that for? Um, you know, he doesn't need the money. I think none of these guys do. I think they've all kind of proven that they don't. Um, and so you get to a point here where you're like, okay, well, if it can't win, what am I doing here? And you're 46 years old. Like we, like you said, Clayton, which was a good point before, 
he's not Casey Kane. He's not he's not Kurt Busch, and he's not in his thirties. So those guys, you know, Kane goes if GMS stinks, and and doesn't do well, Kane can resurrect himself because he's only thirty seven. Matt Kenseth doesn't have that kind of time. He's forty six. He'll be forty six next year. So he's got two or three good years left in him, and maybe um, at the most. And he's going to need something that can win next year. Uh, and and it, it's the 10. Whether or not Stuart Haas Racing is willing to pony up and, and put the Haas automation all over the 10 car next year, um, or, you know, it, it is yet to be found. If they can find some kind of sponsorship for Matt Kenseth, um, I think they could. But, you know, again, it's going to be one of those deals where, okay, well, here's a sponsor. We're going to sign you to a two-year deal because we don't know whether or not Matt Kenseth's going to be here for two more years. Uh, and then what do you pay Matt? You know, is Matt going to say, Hey, I want this amount of money. And Stuart House is going to say, well, we're selling sponsorship for this. Sorry. We'll hire somebody else. It, it really gets to a, to a point where you start to think, you know, the chances of Matt Kenseth racing in the monster energy NASCAR cup series next season are slim to none at this point. Yeah. And if not Kenseth for the 10, John, who do you think? I mean, is, is Danica an option to return there? Erica, I'm a roller going, bringing up Smithfield, that's another rumor. Uh, do you see maybe bringing up Cole? Could they shut the 10 car down where they sit there and go, you know what? You know, I know Gene Haas was quoted earlier in the year saying, I want to run four cars. But, you know, maybe he sits there and says, we'll, we'll combine our, inv- you know, kind of combine our inventory, you know, um, bring everything where, where we need to be for a three-car team, improve our, our three-car team, and then look at a fourth car in the future. That all remains to be seen. Um, so if not Matt Kenseth, what's the 10 car plan, John? Well, what I've seen and heard is both Tony Stewart and Gene Haas have said Ford is paying Stewart Haas racing to have four chartered race cars on the track next season. I think if Danica comes up with sponsorship, she could possibly save a ride. But if you listen to her, she did an interview this week where she said, uh, there's no negotiations to get me out of this contract. I don't have sponsorship, and my contract is contingent on sponsorship. Um, it's a, Like I said earlier, it's a matter of how much Matt Kenseth wants to drive. If he wants to drive and wants to take a salary that fits into a team budget like the 10 car, right now without a boatload of sponsorship, I think he's got he's got a home there if he wants it. He's really good friends with Tony. He's good friends with Clint, Clint Boyer and Kevin Harvick. He was teammates with Kurt Busch before. So there's a shot. He goes into that 10 car. You're right. I think it's 10 or bust because Eric Almirola said today that he envisions himself back with Richard Petty Motorsports last year or next year. So if Almirola staying at the 43 with Smithfield, that's not somebody coming with a sponsor to the 10 car. I think it's Kenseth, pull a rabbit out of her hat, and then who knows who could come up. There's nobody really in the Xfinity series that I would put in a cup car in the Ford camp right now. I wouldn't put Ryan Reed in it, even though he brings Lily Diabetes in there, because you're probably going to wreck more cars than the sponsorship's worth. And if you're going to put Bubba Wallace in the car, that I mean, I think Bubba did a great job at his four-week audition whenever he was with Richard Petty Motorsports, but right now he's not bringing anything to the table sponsorship-wise. We'll see what happens if they can get the one-race deal for him to run Chicagoland with Nickelodeon sponsoring him. 
But we've got, I mean, that's one of those things you're looking at. If Bubba can get some sponsorship behind him, he'd be a great fit somewhere, either the 44 if Richard Petty Motorsports brings it back or in the 10 car. But right now the big domino left to fall is Matt Kenseth and where he's going to go. I agree. Uh, you know, also, when you think about it, and I think that's pretty much it, guys. I don't think, I don't see a team coming out of the woodworks other than GMS Racing that says, you know, I want to go cup racing next year. Maybe uh, a smaller team, maybe just starts and puts some effort into the cup series and shuts down their Xfinity Series team. I don't know. Um, I think that's possible because they have a third charter that they've released two best awards here. Um, you know, other than that, that Lee, am I missing anything? I mean, do you see a, a team coming, uh, you know, out from the woodworks here? And I don't. I honestly, I, I do not. I, I just think at this point, you know, we, we have what we have. GMS is the savior here coming in. They're going to buy a couple of charters and 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 run with two teams. I think anybody else that's going to come, if it if they do come, maybe you know, it'll be somebody small like we saw with TriStar Motorsports this year. I don't think it'll be anybody major that'll start something big. You know, maybe Richard Petty Motorsports gets funding for a second team. Maybe Richard Childress Racing can keep a third team going. Maybe somehow Roush finds something for a third car. I don't think any of those rides are good enough for Matt Kenseth. And I, I just think at this point, you know, it's GMS or nothing. And you also heard Barney Visser today saying the 77 is contingent on sponsorship. I mean, he's tired of funding Furniture Row Racing out of his own pocket with his own sponsorship. That's why they have Bass Pro Shops on the 78 car. That's why they have um, the insurance company that's on there with them. Auto owners, uh, yeah. Auto, lo- auto loaners insurance. But <clears throat> if the five-hour energy, which is contingent to um, Furniture Row Racing, if they go and fill up that 78 car, they got to find something else for the 77. And right now, everybody knows sponsorship is unbelievably tough. I mean, how bad is it when you've got a former cup champion like Matt Kenseth who can't get a fully sponsored ride? How tough is it when Kurt Busch, a former cup champion, can't get a fully sponsored ride? Casey Kane, who won the Brickyard, doesn't have sponsorship for next year. Look at Clint Boyer. He's borderline top 16, has run great all season this year. I think what he's got, 10 races total sponsored for that 14 car between Mobile One and um, Rush Truck Centers and whatever they're peeling on here and there. They got Carolina Ford dealers for Darlington. I mean, that's having the Blue Oval putting their thing on there and saying, we're going to give a shot to the local guys. I mean, sponsorship is not there right now. And it makes it really tough whenever you're trying to put out a competitive. And it makes you think that um, Richard Petty Motorsports co-owner Merstein, uh, his first name, my brain dead. Andrew. Andrew Merstein, talking salary cap or talking cap on spending for the teams. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes you think that that is something that has to be looked at because – even your best teams can't fully fund them anymore. Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, it, it's going to be very interesting here. Lily, thanks so much for calling. Uh, it was great calling and be sure next week. Thanks, guys. Talk to you again. Good to have you, Lee. Bye, Lee. I think Virginia, you can call the show 917 889 8280. John, there was other news this week. Uh, 
Chicago made some headlines last night um, about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Said that Dale Earnhardt Jr. sort of stunted the growth of NASCAR because he didn't win enough. Only nine wins in ten years at Hendrick Motorsports. What are your thoughts on Harvick's coming there, and do you agree with him? Um, I don't have a problem with it because when you look at um, what Harvick said, there's nothing in there that isn't true. I mean, his words verbatim. I've been totally shocked by the vibe of Dale's last year. I really thought there'd be tons of fans showing up to the track, buying crazy amounts of souvenirs, and the souvenir sales aren't up to the sales that he's had the year before. And the crowds haven't really changed because of the lack of performance. He hasn't performed well in the race car. And that, I mean, there's nothing false about that. That is the, probably the truest statement you run into is junior sucked this year. He has not run well. I mean, they were out to lunch at Watkins Glen. They were four seconds off the pace in practice. So, I mean, they've been totally out to lunch and they've been out there for a while. And then Harvick went on to say, if you think about it, a lot of places, the most popular athlete is one of your most successful athletes. Look at other sports. Michael Jordan, six titles, most popular basketball player forever. Then it was Kobe, LeBron, all that stuff. Look at football. You're looking Tom Brady. You're looking um, Aaron Rodgers. Those are two very successful players who are – the face of the sport. Dale Jr. is a 14-time most popular driver and has never sniffed the championship, not even close. I mean, he's got 26 wins, which is okay, but since he joined sports in 2008, he has nine wins and none in the last three, or none since 2015. So if he was a more successful driver, Yeah, more people would be flocking to the sport. More people would be going nuts over this year. But Jimmy Johnson's won seven titles and 83 races at Hendrick Motorsports. And he's usually third, fourth, fifth in souvenir sales. So, yeah, Junior has stunted the growth because a lot of the fans who were big-time Dale Earnhardt senior fans, whenever Dale was killed at Daytona, automatically became Dale Junior fans. And Dale Jr. is a good race car driver. He's not his old man. He doesn't drive the same way. He doesn't have the same approach to racing as his dad did. But people love him because he's the aw shucks guy. He, oh, yeah, we tried to do real good. I really like going to Talladega. But take away his restrictor plate race wins. He's not much better than... You're middle of the road. I mean, he's not much better than Casey Kane. Well, I'll say this, and I think I, I give Harvick credit for speaking his mind because I think when he made comments, he knew the firestorm it would cause. He's going to get a lot of stuff on Twitter. Sure, he's going to get the next how many weeks at the track. So, it takes to do that. It takes courage to scout and secure mind something. Uh, but I'll say this: you know, I think. There was certainly stuff behind what Harvick said. Um, you know, I think when you think about it, you know, most the drama is would be is a good thing. Um, NASCAR. You know, I think also when you think about, it, you got to say 
Don't you think Danica Patrick, Harvick's teammate, is sort of in the same boat um, where you think, hey, uh, Danica had a lot of fans that followed her when she came and made her uh, transition to NASCAR. And, you know, a lot more unique fans than Danica had, than Dale Jr. had. Um, you know, Dale Jr. certainly had NASCAR fans, hardcore, old-school NASCAR fans Dale Jr. had. But Danica had women. She had young ladies. She had girls. She had children. Um, and if she won some races, she could have kept those fans in NASCAR. I think those fans are gone now because Danica struggled here. Um, so if Kevin Harvick's going to come out and, and uh, you know, criticize Dale Earnhardt Jr. for stunting the growth of NASCAR because he didn't win any races, which, again, has some sub- substance behind it, then you got to include Danica Patrick in there, his teammate, because she's done, I think, uh, even worse than that because she hasn't been anywhere close to even a top 10 run uh, on a consistent basis. And her fans are a lot more unique than Dale Jr. fans. I think one of the things where Harvick was uh, going down the road, and I think it's two separate paths between Dale Jr. and Danica. Danica did bring new fans into the sport, and they were curious to see how the female driver would do. She didn't do great. They may or may not still be in the sport but she did break ground by being the first female driver to run on a consistent basis. The thing is, Dale Jr. had the old school fans. And he also, because he was the most promoted driver, he brought the new school fans in too. And didn't really back it up. I mean, Dale Jr. is a good driver. But no matter what, Every time on SportsCenter, when they did a NASCAR highlight, they always made sure they said where Dale Jr. finished. And it's not like when they did when Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman were there where they like to say Dick Trickle's name and they mentioned that. They mentioned Dale Jr. because if they didn't, everybody would be sending emails to SportsCenter saying where Dale Jr. finish. Um, I just think Harvick has a really good point. I think he said something that very few people would, especially during Junior's retirement go-around. But I also think he was kind of surprised that when Jeff Gordon was going away, there were more fans showing up for the Jeff Gordon retirement tour. And you would see more people at Jeff Gordon's last race for a lot of things. At certain points, you saw it with Tony Stewart last year. But this year, there hasn't really been influx of people who are making sure they go see junior for their last time. And I know you're one of the few because your uh, fiance is a diehard junior fan and you're going to make sure you're at his final race at Homestead. But I don't see a lot of people doing that. Well, it's interesting. And I, I said this before and I don't mean to come off as a harsh critic, but let's be honest here. Um, I think when you think about Dale Jr.'s career in NASCAR, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, we talked about that earlier when he announced his retirement, whether or not he was a Hall of Famer. I think he's going to go. But I don't think you look at him as as the same way you look at a Bobby Allison or a Jimmy Johnson or even a Kyle Busch. You know, he's not one of the all-time greats. He was a nice driver. He had He was good on the plate. He did uh, great things on the play tracks in the early 2000s. 
came back with Hendrick Motorsports and did a lot of good things on the play tracks. But in the middle there, you know, we had a couple of years there where he was awful at Hendrick Motorsports, 25th, 19th in points. Uh, this year has not been a good year, and there's a, n- a lot of numerous things behind it. Listen, I'm, I'm giving Casey Kane a break at Hendrick Motorsports because I think that Casey doesn't forget how to drive a race car. I think there's this year at, at, at Hendrick Motorsports, there are some things. Um, I don't know if him and Greg Ives uh, have the same com- camaraderie as uh, him and Steve Letarte once did. But, you know, he's not an all-time great as far as on, on track. And that's where Kevin Harvick is absolutely correct. Now, there are some hardcore Junior Nation members. I know that. I, I, you, I'm marrying one. Hard, hardcore. Uh, and she's very upset about Harvick's comments. But um, there are some, there are some definitely some fans out there who I think would have stayed in the sport or stayed watching a little bit longer had Dale Jr. won races. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that's what Harvick was trying to get at a little bit. Um, you know, and it is a unique sport because we look at people – differently in NASCAR than we do in baseball. You know, I know when I talk about the New York Mets, I don't really care what, when I look at my New York Mets roster, I don't really care whether I can have a beer with this guy. Uh, as long as he's, if he's hitting home runs, great. Uh, if he's not, get him off my team. Um, you know. He can't fire the whole team. Other, right. That's every, <laughs> that's every other, but that's how we are in, in, in sports. You know, if the guy's not good, get rid of him. Um, but in NASCAR, we look at our drivers differently for some reason. And uh, that's certainly interesting, and I think that's part of the reason why Dale Jr. is so popular is he's relatable to these people. A lot of people love the North Carolina, uh, you know, that he's from North Carolina, was born and raised in North Carolina. He's sort of a throwback uh, redneck. You know, you look at all these young rich kids coming up, a lot of these California kids. So he's a throwback, no doubt about it. I think that's where he gets his popularity from, but on track. I don't think he's an all-time great. That's certainly uh, – Harvick was trying to say that. That's correct. One of the things I look at, especially when you look at other sports when they do their Hall of Fames, and I think it's one of those things where NASCAR, because it's so much different, you don't really – when it comes to Hall of Fame, it's different. When you look at the different generations – Richard Petty was number one in his generation. Dale Earnhardt was number one in his generation. Jeff Gordon's going to be number one in his generation. Then Jimmy Johnson's going to be number one in his and whoever comes up next. I would never put Dale Jr. in the top five of the generation he ran in. Johnson, you've got Stewart, you've got Gordon, you've got Kenseth, who's won a title over him. You've got Kurt Busch, you've got Harvick, you've got Kyle Busch, you've got Hamlin, who has as many wins. I mean, Carl Edwards, Jr., I don't even think he's in the top 10 of this past generation that's been running. But he's going to make the Hall of Fame partially because of the name Dale Earnhardt Jr., partially because he won two Xfinity titles, partially because he became the face of NASCAR after we lost his father, and partially because he was really good at restrictor plates. You take out the restrictor plate to Dale Jr. is Casey Kane. And then he's borderline, if not, not in. I don't know yeah, if he's a, a, I mean, if you look at the history, Tim Richmond, if he wouldn't have got AIDS and died young, 
Tim Richmond would have blown Dale Jr.'s career away. Davey Allison, too. Yeah, I, I was, I, there's no doubt about that. I think, um, you know, and again, I don't think there's – I'm not sure Junior Nation even would argue that he's not an all-time great. Um, but they love him off the racetrack, and that's really I think what people they care. They say, you know what, I don't really care if he's not as good as Jimmy Johnson or he's not as good as Kyle Busch. Um, I, I like Dale Jr. for being Dale Jr., and I don't really care if he's an all-time great. Um, 917-889-8280 Hill. Final 10, minute, 10 minutes of the show here on Talking in Circles tonight. Interesting news, John, out of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, they announced that the series will run composite bodies in three races this season at Richmond, Dover, and Phoenix. Composite bodies have been run in ARCA. They are these teams a lot of time on manpower um, as far as building these race cars. Um what are your thoughts on, on composite bodies here? You know, this is something to save these teams some money down the road. I think it's – the only reason why I'm bringing these up is, this up is I think it's interesting from a business standpoint, and I think it has a big possibility if it works well in the Xfinity Series and NASCAR likes what they see that it could move the Cup Series in the near future. What are your thoughts? Hello, hello kit car. 13 pieces that get put together. It's a jigsaw puzzle now. Instead of actually finding ways to manipulate the metal that you have, it's going to be 13 pieces of um, carbon fiber that's going to be put together, and it's going to be a kit car. I mean, it says flat out, there's one place, five-star race car bodies of Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, will be the manufacturer of record for pieces. You're going to do it in one place for the durability. And they said they're doing it with the durability and deflection of the panels to where if they hit the wall, you can go back in and put a whole new body on it. Now, wait a minute. Didn't we just put the rule in where they put a five minute clock in there that you couldn't fix the body if you wrecked the car? Make up my mind. Well, I think it's uh, also read that it's a lot more sturdy than this current car they have where you know, if you bang it off the wall, you might be able to continue. And I'm not sure that's a gr- good thing or a bad thing. It, it needs to be seen. That's how the COT was, if you remember correctly. Listen, I like the fact that they're experimenting. I like the fact that they're not going full bore into it for 2018, saying we don't really care what it looks like. We want to see how and, – and they're kind of seeing how it works. Um, you know, they can have a plan to go for it in 2019. That's what it sounds like they're going to try and do full-time for 2019. Um, they can have that plan. I'm not opposed to that. But let's see how it works. Um, I don't think one race, two races, three races is even going to be the end-all, be-all for this car. But let's give it a handful of races, a handful of shots. Let's see what it does in 2018 as well before we manipulate it, before we put it in there full-time for these guys. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think if it helps these teams save me, it's a good thing. Now, I don't think it's going to level the playing field because Bill Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series Putting money on the on building their race cars is going to put that in R and D. They put that somewhere, pick crew somewhere. Um, so it's not like they're they're saying, oh, you know, you're not allowed to spend that money. They're just going to put it in other places, and that's where they're going to have their advantage over the other teams. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it might help. You know, uh, half teams come into the Xfinity series. I think that's possible. I think it's going to be cheaper to build these race cars. Um, it might put some guys out of jobs. You know, I think that's something that I'm not sure the teams, the, the guys who build these cars on a weekly basis are thrilled about because 
It sounds like they can build them faster. They can build them cheaper with composite bodies. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see what it does at Richmond um, and Dover and Phoenix. I think it's just going to be – I think it can be the future of NASCAR. Um, I think NASCAR is looking at it that way uh, to save these teams money. And I just hope it doesn't affect the racing too much or it improves the racing. What do you think, John? I mean, we've seen it in ARCA. ARCA racing uh, is here or there with their racing as far as uh, consistency and putting on a good product. What are your thoughts? Well, they have the option to run it at Richmond, Dover, and Phoenix this year. Nobody who's any good is going to do it because they are uh, the last race before the playoffs when it comes to the Xfinity Series of both Dover and Phoenix are in the playoffs. So if you're a good team, guess what? You're not running this because you're going to run what you know. Um, whenever you said it's uh, it's probably tougher that when it hits the wall, you can keep going and all that stuff. You know what? I want it to be when you hit the wall, you're screwed. Don't hit the wall. That's part of racing. You wreck, you go away. I don't want them hitting the wall and being able to go. If they hit the wall, what? You're screwed. Same way if you blow it. I want to be able to blow it. I want to take the damn rev limiter off. Yeah, I'm with you there. If they put the chip there, the, that makes the engine indestructible because they hit the chip. Guess what? I got to back off. If you hit the wall, guess what? Damn it, you're out of the race. I want to see cars go away. I want to make it a penalty when you screw up on these on these tracks. If you hit the wall, that means you screwed up. You hit the wall. Your car's going to get messed up. You go away. You're paying the penalty for messing up and hitting the wall. Then you have a, a better, cleaner race. You have a more focus instead of saying, well, if I get in the wall, I can still keep going. So I'm going to get in the wall. I'll put somebody else in the wall and see if they can keep going. Oh, I still yeah, think this is, a kit, this is a kit car. I hate a kit car. Everybody used to bitch about IROC. Everybody says, oh, we're identically prepared cars, and it's going to be the driver that's going to make the difference. You can have an identically prepared car here where everybody has the same kit and everything, but I promise you the Kyle Bushes and the Joe Gibbs Racing teams and the Team Penske teams and all that stuff, they're still going to run better than the Ryan Siegs and the Jeremy Clements because they're going to have a better pit crew they're going to have better drivers and they're going to have better engines because they can yep. sink that money in there. So no matter what they do, you can put the same body on every car. It's a matter of how much money the team owner has and how much sponsorships coming in. But I think this sucks going to a kit car. I want them to hit the wall, have damage and go out of the race. I do love that five minute clock because if you can't repair it on pit road without replacing your whole front end, Guess what? Sorry about your luck. You hit the damn wall. You go home. 9789-8280. Here three minutes to go in the show. If you want to join in real quick, talking in circles, John Harlow, Clayton Caldwell. Listen, I, I totally see your point. I agree with you. I think when you uh, make it a penalty to hit the wall, I think that's a good thing. Um, but, again, you have to wonder what if this is the future. And as up – I shouldn't say I'm excited for it as, as as curious as I am for it because I think also we might see a a thing in the future where we might go to uh, crate engines in the truck series or the Xfinity series. I think they're talking about that next year in a truck series. Um, you know, so they already have that in ARCA as well. And then you wonder, okay, what 
does it mean to have a is that really good racing to have all these cars the same is that what we want do we want these cars the same i think part of the reason why we don't see a lot of passing and racing right now in nascar is that these cars are too similar are so similar i think the rules need to be opened a little bit in the cup series i think that would help more passing um so but going to a crate car like you said is is exactly doing what we don't want it to do but i think at the end of the day they're trying to save these teams money i think the teams are complaining they're not making enough money these owners are complaining we heard dale jr on his podcast last week talking about how he doesn't make a profit on his xfinity series teams which i find hard to believe but that's what he said um you know so I think that that's why we're going to see this because the owners are going to push it that way, John. Without a doubt. But one of the things that NASCAR was founded on, one of the things that everybody looks into is their ability to be able to be creative. Look at a regular mile and a half racetrack. Your top 30 cars are usually within less than half a second of each other. And once you get them in dirty air, everybody's running pretty much the same race, the same lap, lap times. So it's tough to pass when everybody's the same speed. Whenever you have less, I mean, if you end up making the cars more boxier like the trucks, they poke a bigger hole into it. You are less reliant on air. I mean, you look at Watkins Glen. It was great racing because, you know, the two things you did not hear, aero push. It wasn't about aerodynamics in there. It was great racing because it was in the driver's hands. It was in the crew chief's hands. It was in the engine builder's hands. It was in the team's hands. It wasn't about, can I get air? It's true. And unfortunately, we're, uh, we see that a lot here in this part of the schedule with these uh, aero-dependent racetracks, and this weekend at Michigan International Speedway shouldn't be any different. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, there's a race in the Xfinity Series. Interesting. Trucks are also in Michigan. Uh, something to look out for there. Bubba Wallace driving a truck series race at Michigan, number 99 for MBM Motorsports. If you're interested in that, um, we'll have all we'll break it down all the whole weekend down on Talking Circles on Sunday night here. At 9 p.m., I want to thank Jeremy from North Carolina, Lee from Virginia, for calling the show tonight. I thought we had a great show, uh, and we'll be back here Sunday night on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.